in 2023, I, I still find it kind of ridiculous that instead of this going away, it has gotten worse. And I'm talking about the fact that if you criticize someone for what they think and what they believe, what they represent, what they stand for, what they did or what they do, if that person is anything but a white male, then you are a misogynist, you're a racist, you're anti-Semitic. Oh, unless, of course, it's against a black conservative male. Ask me how I know. White liberals, black liberals, and anyone in between can say disgusting things to and about black conservatives. Get a free pass. Say something about anyone you disagree with on the left, and if they're not a white male, then like I said, you get labeled some sort of bigot. Now, for those of you here in the U.S., you may not uh, be familiar with BBC chairman Richard Sharp. I want you to look at this tweet from Lawrence Fox. Today's cartoon in The Guardian depicting Richard Sharp, a Jewish man, thoughts. Well, my first thought is, wow, Richard Sharp sure looks like a black guy in this, uh, in, in this artwork. And it's not, you know, it's not a racist thing. There are uh, certain anatomical things that is, like for instance, you know, many Jews and us black folk, we have big noses. It is what it is. Okay. Uh, Nordic people tend to be fair-skinned and light-haired. And then, you know, people of Mediterranean tend to have Mediterranean like that bronze uh, skin and dark hair. Obviously, there's exceptions to the rule. So it's ridiculous. But I'm sorry, Richard Sharp, Sharp looks like a black man here to me. For those listening to this uh, on the podcast, we'll try to put this as the uh, as one of the graphics for the episode. He's holding a book that says Goldman Sachs. Okay, The cartoon shows the, f- the former BBC boss carrying a box with the words Goldman Sachs. Oh, I guess it's anti-Semitic because Goldman Sachs is a Jewish-founded bank. I guess we're supposed to forget the fact that, I don't know, if you know the CV of Richard Sharp, he previously worked for Goldman Sachs. So what am I saying here, folks? Why does everything have to be anti-Semitic? I'm sorry, Richard Sharp looks like a black guy in this. I'm going to show you a picture of Richard Sharp, and then here's a picture of this cartoon. Why does everything have to be offensive to everybody? Folks, life is so good, people need to find things to be offended about. Relatively good. Things suck because we have a fake president, Joe Biden, in the Oval Office that hasn't been corrected, and he is doing the bidding of his George Soros, Obama, CCP overlords. By the way, speaking of George Soros, I had a week suspension when I was on YouTube before they permanently took me off the platform this past week. They gave me a suspension and a demonetization because I made an episode talking about the different things, leftist agenda things that George Soros backs. All factual things, 
but they got it under harassment and bullying of a public figure because he's Jewish. That That's what the, the little thing said when they notified me of that suspension. That happened in December of last year. So, once again, legitimate concerns about George Soros, but of course you can't say anything because that's bigoted, even if it's coming from a black man. What are your thoughts, folks? Now, let's since we're talking on the issue of race, let me bring this up. And it, I don't think it's a, a race issue, but it's a weird segue. By the way, folks, big hug to all of you. We appreciate your support. If you're watching the show, most likely you know that I've been permanently terminated from YouTube. On false pretenses, by the way. I, don't, I didn't incite violence. And I didn't cyber bully anyone. I just did a report on Ray Epps from 60 Minutes. That's it. But that's a dangerous conspiracy theory that he might be a Fed. We're all being silenced because we are influential in changing people's minds and opening their eyes about the fake President Joe Biden. I never talked about the stolen elections on YouTube. But I'm sure if anyone at YouTube doesn't like me, all they do is come over to this show, which at the time, you know, my BCP Unfiltered show, and can see, yeah, James is not uh, down with the fake president. And he realizes that 2020 uh, was indeed hijacked and rigged for any behalf of Joe Biden. So so they ixnated me. But last year I had a, a weak suspension and demonetization because I mentioned George Soros. Nothing about him. There's nothing anti-Semitic about him. The guy is, uh, he, he's, a, he's a danger to democracy. And he funds black people. A lot of these black uh, DA puppets. And attorneys general puppets. But I as a black man can't criticize him the other way. But I digress. Let's talk about Tucker Carlson. And I appreciate you being here. That's what I was saying. I appreciate you following me here, even though I'm no longer on YouTube. Appreciate you guys finding me. This next week, we hope to get a lot of things in order because obviously we're a blindside with this to make it easier for everyone to find us. So if you know anyone who's a fan of the show, let them know they can find us at any of the links down below. Well, Brian Kilmeade had a terrible week filling in for Tucker Slot at 8 p.m. on Fox News. Now we know who will be here next week. It's going to be Lawrence Jones of Lawrence Jones Cross Country, the youngest black man to have a solo show on cable news. Benny Johnson tweeted this out the other day. Viewership in the 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time slot on Fox News. Tucker's January 6th episode got 4.13 million views. His average is about 3.25 million. His last show was 2.65 million, which is on a Friday. And I can tell you traditionally Friday has the lowest leadership, uh, has the lowest viewership and it's been the case on all of my shows as well. It's just Friday is the weekend. People want to break from the news. I don't know what it is. They're just unwinding and it picks up generally on Saturday and Sunday. But on Friday, it's usually the, can be one of the slowest days of the week for news viewership. Well, Tucker leaves, and as Benny Johnson shows here, on Monday, I think there's a curiosity factor. Brian Kilmeade got 2.6 million views. 
not too far off the t- to 2.65 million. Well, 2.59 to 2.65 million. The next day is down to 1.7 million, and on Wednesday is 1.33. So this is what page six is reporting. Lawrence Jones, who made history as the youngest black solo host of a program in cable news, is stepping in to, f- to fill ousted Tucker Carlson's slot on Fox News next week. Jones 30, who anchors Lawrence Jones Cross Country on Saturday nights on Fox, will host in Carlson's former 8 p.m. slot from Monday as the network continues with a rotating line of anchors. So it's gonna, they're going to rotate through until they see who is getting garnering or bringing in the most views. Or they could have just left Tucker Carlson there. I anticipate we'll be talking more about Tucker Carlson uh, very shortly. Let me give you a follow-up or an update on the trans loco in the Coco evil shooter and the release of the manifesto. Fox News is reporting... Nashville police confirm they will release a manifesto that recovered from the car of Covenant school shooter Audrey Elizabeth Hale, a 28-year-old woman, former student who they say gunned down three nine-year-olds and three adults last month. The investigation has progressed to the point where the Covenant shooter's writings are now being reviewed for public release, the Metro Nashville Police Department told Fox News. The process is currently underway. Now, as of the latest update here, We don't know when exactly that'll be, but it seems like it'll be fairly soon here. So this is good news. Once again, Nashville Police to release manifesto in Christian school shooting massacre. Okay, let me give you another follow-up story. If you recall, we talked about Gal Luft, the co-director of the Washington-based Institute for the Analysis of Global Security. And how he was going to reveal explosive information on the Biden crime family. Well, guess what? He's now gone missing. And as Cullen Leinberger over at the Gateway Pundit puts it, under mysterious circumstances. Luff was an advisor to CEFC China Energy, a business conglomerate with extremely close ties to the Chinese Communist Party. He served alongside Hunter Biden. They paid Hunter approximately $5 million in 2017 alone to secure energy deals in the United States. Once Joe Biden assumed power, there was every reason to believe uh, and every reason to keep details on his family and his family's corruption hidden from the public. According to Luft, the regime had him arrested on bogus weapons trafficking charges in July to try and silence him. He had tweeted out, I've been arrested in Cyprus on a politically motivated extradition charge requested by the U.S. The U.S. claiming I'm, I'm an arms dealer. It would be funny if it weren't tragic. I've never been an arms dealer. DOJ is trying to bury me to protect Joe, Jim, and Hunter Biden. Shall I name names? Now, you can dismiss it, but the fact that he's cozy with CEFC means he probably knows something about the Bidens. Well, it turns out that Luft, according to Jewish Business News, he posted bail for 400,000 euros, Then he suddenly disappeared. There has been no further information about Professor Gal Luft, whereabouts or the progress of the legal proceedings since the news of his disappearance in April of 23. 
It is not clear whether he fled Cyprus or he met with foul play. So many things could be answered once we could get his testimony. But for some odd reason, they don't seem very eager to get us that testimony now, do they? Okay, I'm going to totally switch gears here. And I want to have you listen to this op-ed piece by Representative Rochelle Smith of Michigan's 43rd District. Men have no place in women's sports. On average, men are physically larger, faster, and stronger than women. Allowing men to compete in biological women's athletics gives them an obviously unfair competitive advantage. But even beyond the unfairness of it, should young high school and college girls be forced to shower in the locker room with biological males? Frankly, it's creepy, and no young woman should be forced to endure this depraved nonsense. While it's shocking that this even must be debated, it's also shocking that political elites are encouraging the violent repression of those who oppose men in women's sports. There is a violent and deranged socio-political movement attempting to force all Americans to accept their insanity as objective reality. Americans need to stand strong and demand their political leaders protect our daughters' health and well-being. No, men cannot play in women's sports. As with professional sports, college sports also ban the use of steroids, human growth hormone, and other substances commonly referred to as anti-doping policies. Athletes who illicitly use these substances face suspensions and expulsions from their sports. And the reason is obvious. These substances radically enhance the size and strength of human bodies and give the user a wholly unfair advantage over their competitors. The substances also happen to be dangerous. Everyone agrees that anti-doping policies are essential for fair play. Recently, however, the Biden administration announced Title IX changes that will force colleges to allow biological males into female sports, so as long as the biological male self-identifies as a female. This is the equivalent of forcing colleges to allow doping for those who are politically preferred. For example, a biological man, formerly Will Thomas, who identifies as a woman, now Leah Thomas, spent the first three years of his college career on the men's team before switching to the women's team in her senior year. Photos of Thomas standing next to actual female competitors display a shocking juxtaposition. At 6'4", Thomas is a giant by comparison. In March of 2022, Thomas won the 2022 NCAA National Championship for the 500-yard freestyle. At the conclusion of Thomas's swimming career at UPenn in 2022, Thomas's rank had moved from 65th on the men's team to first on the women's team in the 500-yard freestyle and from 554th on the men's team to 5th on the women's team in the 200-yard freestyle. Interestingly, at the 2022 NCAA Finals, Thomas tied University of Kentucky swimmer Riley Gaines in the 200-yard freestyle, but he still ended up getting the trophy because he was the politically preferred swimmer. So some players get a free license to cheat or dope, while others are forced to settle for lower competitiveness. If this continues, what effect is this going to have on the self-esteem of hundreds of thousands of high school and college female athletes. Riley Gaines was rightfully upset that she had been snubbed in a tie, but also because her competitor was bigger, faster, and stronger than her. To wit, her competitor was a fully grown biological male. 
Gaines subsequently went on to be a national advocate for mandating real women in women's sports. Earlier this month, Gaines was asked to speak at San Francisco State University, but was prevented from doing so when a violent mob of students assaulted her. She had to be whisked away to a safe room and detained for three hours before San Francisco police were able to restore order. Just because a man calls himself a woman doesn't make it so. Self-identification cannot change immutable biological attributes. These attributes cannot be wished away or ignored. A woman with male genitals is in fact not a biological woman. The powerful trans and sports lobby is obsessed with forcing us to normalize mental illness to the point of violently repressing those who speak the truth. A biological male cannot play in women's sports. It's not fair and it's not safe. The madness needs to stop, but it will only stop when more of us take a stand against the trans in sports lobby and demand our leaders protect our daughters. Now, I know what leftists are thinking. That Miss Smith and her op-ed piece here, where she points out things like, of course, biological differences between male and female, and comparing that to doping and illegal enhancements in sports to a biological male trouncing females in sports. Well, she's a bigot, right? She's a woman, but she's a bigot against trans women. I mean, how crazy is this world, folks? They even have the term TERF. Trans exclusory, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, trans excluding fe uh, radical feminists. Let, let me look this up. She's not a woman. She's a trans exclusionary radical feminist. Radical feminist. Now, they can maybe, maybe she's not even a radical feminist, just not believing that biological males who put on a dress maybe get a boob job, who actually went through male puberty, are not female. What a strange world we live in, folks. What a strange world we live in. Now, if you criticize Joe Biden, well, now you're ageist, you're a bigot over age. Even though, remember all of the talk about possibly using the 25th Amendment to get out President, get President Trump out? There's been mums the word on the left when it comes to Joe Biden. But guess what? Reports are saying, according to Breitbart, that Joe Biden's close advisors are worried about his age and diminished energy as a president seeks election. Well, I guess now it's ageist and wrong to say that Older people don't have the physical stamina and energy that they possess in their youth. I mean, biologically, this is probably correct, but it's not politically correct. So, of course, that makes you an ageist for pointing out actual science and fact. But even the leftists and his own staff are seeing this. And his close advisors are worried about his age and his diminished energy. Because it takes a lot of work to campaign. Not a lot of work for Joe Biden, of course, who doesn't have to campaign. He just has to have his name on there, do a few events when they get the cocktails right. They're going to rig the election for him anyway. That doesn't matter. But I think they know, even on the Joe uh, Biden campaign side, that 
They're not going to be able to rig the election as easily as they were in 2020. People are going to be on the lookout for it. And I really don't see how the courts in 2024, if they cheat again, are going to be able to ignore all of the lawsuits in 2022. People are vigilant looking out for it and there will be lawsuits and many of them immediately on the day after the 2024 general election. If there's hanky-panky or hanky-panky suspected. They're just trying to avoid that. So I think this time around in 2024, they actually want Joe Biden out there campaigning. But they had their doubts. Recent polling shows that 67% of voters believe Biden is too old to be president and 56% have his doubts about his mental fitness. Those doubts appear to have crept into the White House. The president's advisors say Biden, who is 80 and would be 86 by the end of a second term, is mentally sharp but worried his age has diminished his energy needed for rigorous campaigning. That's according to Axios. To say that Biden is mentally sharp is a lie. And it's nothing to do with ages, with ageism or, or being his age. Joe Biden has never been particularly the sharpest guy in Congress. So, of course, the report also has a put in that the White House officials say they're amazed at Biden's stamina. The amount of stamina he has for his age. And that, that may be case. That may be the case. But I don't think he can compare with stamina as, as an older gentleman. Then I don't know. Donald John Trump, the greatest president of our, of our lifetime. By the way, this report has been about these advisors who are worried about Joe Biden's uh, diminished energy for the campaign trail at his age has been um, confirmed by former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki when talking about of course, I mean, when they talk about the part of the report that talks about how he can only really function from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. There's a thing called sundowning that happens when you have dementia, Alzheimer's. Is that they're trying to protect him from, they're worried about his, his sundowning to make it tough for him to campaign in the evenings? This is what the report says. Many White House officials said they're amazed that Biden's stamina, often the added caveat for his age. Some... White House officials say it's difficult to schedule public or private events with the president in the morning, in the evening, or on the weekends. The vast majority of Biden's public events happen on weekdays between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. And what White House press secretary confirmed is that Joe Biden doesn't like to conduct business before 10 a.m. Wow. Now, of course, they're trying to hide this and work around it, but it's coming out and it's starting to take a toll on them. All right, Ron DeSantis. Let's talk about the 2024 elections here. We have Ron DeSantis. Uh, it's reported that he's going to jump in the presidential race in the month of May. And that he launched his presidential exploratory, exploratory committee weeks ago. NBC News reporting, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is poised to jump in the presidential fray as soon as mid-May. Four GOP operatives familiar with the conversations told NBS News. We know that NBC, CBS, CNN, ABC all get their news from deep state spooks. So I think we can safely assume that some of this uh, information came via that way. 
One of the sources emphasized that it would be an exploratory committee with the official launch coming soon after. Now, they want him to, uh, some of his backers want him to declare, they want DeSantis to declare his presidency in May. And they want to do that in an effort to counter the creeping, na- creeping national narrative that Donald Trump is the overwhelming front runner. They want a challenge to the front runner. Folks, what they want to do is they want to divide the Republican Party in favor of or helping Joe Biden win. They want to do what... Um, why am I drawing a blank? I was a kid at the time. Ross Perot did in splitting the vote. That is one of the reasons why they're behind DeSantis. Split the vote and then you can easily say Joe Biden won because of the, the Republicans were divided on who should be president. Sick this world of politics is. By the way, a new premise poll conducted March 16th to the 21st shows President Trump leading Ron DeSantis in a landslide 31 points in the primary. That's how this cookie is crumbling. Now, of course, the question is, how is Ron DeSantis even going to run if he is governor and Florida doesn't allow that? Well, Governor Ron DeSantis will be able to run for president in 2024 without relinquishing his job as governor thanks to a bill passed by the Florida legislature yesterday that reforms the state's election law. The bill passed the Florida House by a vote of 67 to 34 a few days after passing the Florida Senate by a vote of 28 to 12. Now, this new legislation, which was approved, as I said, by both their Florida Senate uh, and the Florida House, exempt, quote, any, exempts, quote, any person seeking the office of president or vice president of the United States from the resign to run law they have. The current resign to run law is a law that requires the current holder of an office to resign from that office before they can even run for another office. That's the, 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 just like, now I'm not saying I, I agree or disagree with this, with this rule. What I'm saying here is this is the operation of, this is how the Democrats operate. They don't like the rules. Instead of working around the rules, they just supersede or make new ones in their favor. That's what we have here. Of course, Democrats uh, uh, criticize the new bill because it's not a Republican that would take advantage of it to possibly be president of the United States. It's because it doesn't involve leftists and they don't have the vision that this could come around the other way on the boomerang and hurt the Democrats. And some see this as retaliation against President Trump because Ron DeSantis hasn't even officially put his name in the hat. All right, let's talk Planned Parenthood. Disgusting organization that they are. Planned Parenthood's annual report has revealed the organizations performed abortions last year. Look at this graphic here. Look at that number on the left-hand column, the dark, uh, the black column. 374,155 abortions last year. This is the second highest number of abortions performed in a single year in the organization's history. 
that averages more than a thousand, about a thousand twenty-five abortions being performed by Planned Parenthood every day. As a human being, as a Christian, as a Jew, as a moral, God-fearing person, as an ethical, moral person, as a person who believes in the propagation of the human race, how could you not be sickened by a thousand babies being killed every single day? In 21 states, Planned Parenthood patients can access medication, abortion via telehealth, including site-to-site and direct-to-patient care. The report says that in partnership with affiliates across 14 states, Planned Parenthood launched a campaign in the days following the week of the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision, reassuring patients and potential patients that Planned Parenthood was still there to provide sexual and reproductive care. Reproductive care, of course, including abortion, where legal. So in a year where the Roe v. Wade went back to the states and many states have passed more onerous rules against abortion, it was still the second biggest year of abortions for Planned Parenthood. This sickness must end. All right, folks, and to get you up to speed on what's going on with the banking crisis, J.P. Morgan Chase and PNC Financial Services have put in a buy a bid to buy First Republican uh, First Republic Bank. Excuse me. The Wall Street Journal is reporting the bank sale will happen after the FDIC takes over the institution. A seizure and sale of First Republic could come as soon as right now this weekend. Their bank shares plunged 50% yesterday morning on Friday, the last day of trading for the week. And it's plummeted more than 90% this year so far. So this bank failure and bailouts and fiasco if you ask me, folks, is just getting started. As am I, James, the black conservative patriot, just getting started in our new journey to bring you truth. Folks, most of the people in this industry of punditry and news reporting take the weekend off. We don't here at BCP Family Media Studios. We're bringing you the news even this weekend. And guess what? We're still going to have one or two more reports for you over this weekend. On Monday, you'll be very well informed of what's going on when you talk to your friends, family, neighbors, colleagues, chaps, mates, bros. That's what we do here, folks. And I've been cut off from YouTube permanently. I can never be on YouTube again. And YouTube was our, by far, uh, biggest income generator through ad revenue, which I've now been completely cut off of and from. So if you appreciate the work I'm doing here, please support me and our family mission to bring bring you the news either on Patreon or Locals or subscribe to our show on Spotify. And we're going to be on more outlets in the near future. We want to make sure that this show is available everywhere except YouTube, diminishing YouTube's power and reach. We appreciate the support, folks. And like I said, I'll have more news for you this weekend. Hang tight.